This episode is sponsored by Keen. Are you wondering what 2023 will have in store for you? Or maybe you're looking for love advice or to get a tarot card reading to give you some guidance on how you should proceed throughout the year? Well, look no further. Keen connects you with gifted psychics, tarot readers, and astrologers. All you have to do is create an account and you'll be able to choose from hundreds of readers who are online right now. Their readers each have unique specialties designed to provide a deeper understanding of your situation. You also have the freedom to choose whichever reader best suits your needs, and you'll be able to connect with them via phone call or text. As a new customer on Keen, you can try your first 10 minutes for only $1.99, which is up to $99 in savings. Go to trykeen.com slash holidays after dark to save big on your first reading. That's T-R-Y-K-E-E-N dot com slash holidays after dark. Feel more confident about your future by trying Keen today. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Holidays After Dark, the podcast that brings to light all the weird and unusual elements of the holidays we all know and love. I'm your host, Kristen. We're now in the time of year where the couple major springtime holidays are behind us, and to be honest, it feels like another major holiday is quite a long way off. Beyond Memorial Day, Mother's Day, and then Father's Day, the next holiday on the calendar where us Americans really go all out isn't until the 4th of July. But if there are any perks to these downtimes in the year between holidays, it's that it encourages me to take a more abstract view of holidays and our celebrations and traditions related to them. As I was contemplating what to cover for this episode, one spring staple pretty quickly came to mind. I had a realization that not only is this thing associated with spring, it also plays a role in many of our major holidays. If you pause and take a moment to visualize the perfect scene of almost any holiday, they all have one thing in common. Some sort of incorporation of flowers. Think about it. They can be seen outdoors, inside on tables or around fireplace mantles, or in cemeteries around major holidays, just to name a few examples. It quickly struck me how flowers are something I don't typically think about during a holiday's season. It seems we kind of take them and their beauty for granted, but a world without flowers would certainly be less bright. As it turns out, many of these gorgeous delights also have a darker side to them, but we'll get to that later. So on that note, let's give flowers the recognition they deserve and explore all the different ways they make our holidays brighter, more colorful, and definitely more aromatic. popular holidays for flowers are Christmas, Hanukkah, Valentine's Day, Mother's Day, and Easter. It's reported that about 30% of annual flower sales occur for Christmas and Hanukkah alone, with Valentine's Day and Mother's Day following close behind. In addition to these most popular holidays, flowers can even be included in your New Year's celebrations. A sort of symbol of new life, a fresh bunch of flowers can help us transition and leave behind the problems of the previous year. Moms are a great option for this occasion, as they are said to be a sign of good luck. The flower most commonly associated with Valentine's Day is roses. 
In fact, they are statistically the most popular flower in the world. Roses come in many shades, including red, white, yellow, pink, deep burgundy, and my personal favorite, the ones that are such a deep shade of dark purple that they look black. Some classic uses of roses on Valentine's Day are a sprinkle of rose petals along a walkway, on top of a neatly made bed, or floating gently in a hot bath. Or, of course, lovers attempting to please each other by proudly presenting a bouquet of roses to the person they cherish most. Like many flowers, the color of a rose holds its own unique meaning. Most commonly, they represent love, beauty, purity, friendship, desire, and gratitude. White roses often make an appearance in traditional wedding bouquets, and much like a white wedding dress, white roses represent innocence and purity. Easter is another great holiday for bringing around some fresh flowers. They can give a light spring vibe to any Sunday dinner table. Pastel-colored flowers fit in great with this holiday, and they go along with the theme of rebirth that Easter is meant to recognize. Some of the most common flowers included in Easter gatherings are lilies, hyacinths, tulips, and daffodils. The Easter Bunny himself is sometimes even depicted with a handful of these colorful plumes as he makes his deliveries to children. Carnations, especially of the pink variety, are closely associated with Mother's Day. Their multicolored ruffled appearance makes for a very cheerful gift. They are not winter-blooming, but they are incredibly common and not difficult to find all year long. Carnations are native to the Mediterranean and come in over 300 varieties with even more color combinations to choose from. Historically, each color of carnation has carried with it its own meaning, and they initially gained popularity in ancient Greece and Rome. Red is said to symbolize love and affection. Pink stands for gratitude. Yellow has often represented disappointment or sadness. Just something to think about the next time you're thinking about giving carnations to someone special. Another great aspect of this flower is that their blooms are quite long-lasting. A bouquet with carnations can easily be sustained throughout the celebration of a holiday and beyond. During the summer months, flowers can easily be incorporated into Memorial Day and Fourth of July celebrations. Tons of flowers come in the colors red, white, and or blue, fitting in well with the patriotic theme of these days. For Memorial Day, a bouquet of USA-colored flowers is often left at the grave sites of those who sacrificed their lives for our country. It can be very moving driving through military cemeteries around this holiday, seeing the sea of red, white, and blue that has seemingly emerged from the ground. For Independence Day, use some patriotic-themed flowers for your barbecue tablescape. Planting some outside in advance in the area where you know guests will be gathered to set off fireworks and play yard games is another great option. Although not typically thought of as a flower-centric holiday, there are some flowers that can be absolutely great to have around at Halloween. If you want to include something traditional, mums are a great option for this time of year. They do great in the fall and come in colors like orange and yellow to fit the theme of typical Halloween decor. The yellow-orange hue of sunflowers and their common placement alongside scarecrows can also be a great option for a Halloween arrangement. Their super long stems and the tall height they have the potential of reaching rivals the cornfields we so often associate with the harvest this time of year. 
The Love Lies Bleeding Amaranthus is a beautiful, bright pink, sort of drapey plant that could easily bring a pop of color to the black backdrop we often see during October. Plus, Love Lies Bleeding is fitting for this time of year, and as a side note, would also make a great band name. The most popular flower, the rose, comes in a gorgeous shade of orange that would be perfect to add to your All Hallows' Eve decor. Use some combination of the flowers I mentioned and gather them into an arrangement to be placed in a hollowed-out pumpkin, spaghetti squash, or decorative skull. These would all make fantastically spooky table centerpieces for the fall months. Or, if you're like me, for any time of year, really. Moving on to Christmas, mistletoe is perhaps the most famous plant associated with this holiday, as it is most widely known for inspiring kisses when two people find themselves standing under a handful of it during the month of December. This tradition actually dates back to Norse mythology. One day, Baldur, who is the grandson of the Norse god Thor, woke up with the strange thought that every plant and animal on Earth was out to kill him. Despite his wife and mother consoling him and telling him this wasn't the case, he cowered in his bedroom, filled with fear. In order to solve this conundrum, his mother and his wife went around asking every living being to leave Baldur in peace. All the animals and plants agreed. Baldur was thrilled and felt much better. But as he left his home to celebrate, a wooden arrow from a mistletoe plant stabbed him in the chest. It seems the mistletoe was the only being who didn't abide by the agreement. Baldur died instantly, and the lesson was clear. We must not forget about mistletoe. Thereafter, people began hanging mistletoe over doorways to remind us of its presence. We kiss underneath it as an acknowledgement of its existence. Who knew this seemingly cute and romantic holiday kissing tradition had such dark roots? Pun intended. Fast forwarding to the medieval period, Christians got the idea that mistletoe possessed magical powers that would bring good luck to one's family during the month of December. Because of this, they began to use the plant during holiday ceremonies and burned it when the Christmas festivities ended. This is how the tradition merged with the holiday season. Arguably, the second most famous Christmas time plant is the poinsettia. These plants, with their red and white leaves, can commonly be spotted at homes, churches, and other holiday venues during the festive season. These plants originated in an area of southern Mexico. A man named Joel Roberts Poinsett, who was the first ambassador to Mexico, first brought the plant to the United States in the 1820s. His last name inspired the name of the plant. Poinsettias became common at the holidays due to their extraordinary growing abilities during the winter months. A common tale traditionally told about this flowering plant involves a young, poor Mexican girl named Pepita. She had no money to buy a present for baby Jesus at the Christmas Eve services, so she picked a small handful of weeds and walked to the altar. She felt very ashamed of her small gift. But then, just as she knelt down, the weeds burst into the bright red petals of poinsettias. From that day forward, they were known as the flowers of the holy night. Religious or not, poinsettias are a true wintertime masterpiece. They will bloom and remain healthy throughout the frigid months, which is quite the welcome sight during the time of year when most other plants have died. Rosemary is another common winter holiday plant. 
Not only does it fill homes with a wonderful fresh scent, it also adds a unique flavor to many different dishes. Some of my favorite pairings are with chicken and on focaccia bread. During the Middle Ages, people would spread rosemary on the floor during the holiday season. As people stepped on it, the crushed leaves would release a beautiful scent into the home. The other benefit of this tradition is that it was said to ward off evil spirits and invite positivity into the home. Rosemary became associated with the Christmas season thanks to the story that Mary laid Jesus' clothes on branches of rosemary to give it a divine aroma. Because of this, Christians adopted it during Christmas time to celebrate Mary's child. Holly and Ivy is a well-known pairing during the December holiday months. Their names are dropped in Christmas carols such as Deck the Halls and, of course, the Holly and the Ivy. Ancient civilizations reportedly believed they had magical properties. Since holly is a year-round green plant, it came to symbolize eternal life. Early Europeans used holly to decorate during their winter solstice festivities to promote the coming of spring and the life and growth it symbolized. Holly was also associated with Norse mythology. Not only did Thor have connections to mistletoe, he was also connected to holly. Therefore, since he was the god of thunder, people would decorate with holly plants to prevent terrifying lightning strikes. In the same vein, ivy has also been used as winter decor for thousands of years. It is also a year-round green plant and pairs well with the symbolism of the holly plant. In ancient Rome, ivy was associated with Bacchus and in Greek mythology, Dionysus. He's the god of wine and festivity, and as such, ivy was used as decoration at festivals. Despite its long history as winter decor, ivy was actually once banned from Christian establishments. Because it grows so well in the shade, some began to think of ivy as secretive and degenerate. Nonetheless, the custom of decorating with ivy is sustained, and it serves as a great reminder that spring is never too far away. Next up is amaryllis. Much like poinsettias, these often red flowers make for gorgeous home decor during the holidays. The flower's name, amaryllis, is the name of the love-struck maiden of Greek mythology. Having fallen desperately in love with the handsome yet cold-hearted Alteo, she pierced her heart with a golden arrow in hopes of getting his attention. After, she visited his cottage daily. As she walked to his home, drops of blood fell along her path. On the thirtieth day, beautiful scarlet flowers had bloomed along the path. Upon seeing the flower's beauty, Alteo became enamored, and Amaryllis's heart was healed. While it isn't clear exactly how this flower became associated with the holidays, it can be assumed it was largely due to its stunning festive coloring. It stands as a reminder of undying love and the beauty that comes from our Mother Earth. Of course, one plant that cannot be ignored during the most wonderful time of the year is the evergreen Christmas tree. As with holly and ivy, this eternally green plant long proved especially meaningful to people in winter. In ancient times, with roots as an early pagan tradition, the evergreen tree was made into boughs for the winter solstice as a reminder that spring would return and plants would come to life once again. Officially, Germany began the Christmas tree tradition as we know it today. People began bringing trees indoors and decorating them in the 16th century. The lights we put on trees were said to be an early replica of twinkling stars shining down on the forests of trees. 
Over time, the decor we put on Christmas trees has evolved and expanded, with some being quite elaborate nowadays. But regardless of how simple or fancy your tree may be, there is no denying it is a true Christmas time staple and perhaps the most iconic imagery of the season. Just like many things that are pretty on the outside, the insides of certain flowers and plants don't tell the same story. In fact, many are poisonous to humans and certain animals, including some of the holiday-associated plants I mentioned. Best case scenario, poisonous plants simply cause a little mouth irritation and maybe a rash or something of the sort on the human or animal that ingests or comes into contact with it. But worst case scenario, some poisonous plants can be deadly. Perhaps the most feared plant of all is scientifically known as Atropa belladonna, more commonly referred to as deadly nightshade. Atropa translates to who cut the thread of life, while the belladonna portion of the scientific name translates to beautiful lady. Nightshade is native to England as well as central and southern Europe. In the United States, it is naturalized in disturbed grounds in New York, Washington, Oregon, and California. The flowering season of this ominous plant is June to September, and it is commonly found in woodlands, areas of scrub, and along nature path edges. As far as looks go, the beautiful deadly lady is a perennial plant with long, thin branches. Its leaves are oval-shaped with smooth edges and pointy ends. The flowers it produces are usually bell-shaped with purple and green coloration. Deadly Nightshade also produces fruit in the form of shiny black berries. As the name suggests, this plant is highly poisonous, so much so that if the leaves, roots, or berries came into contact with an open wound, the results could be fatal. All parts of the plant contain toxic tropane alkaloids that target the nervous system, causing an increased heart rate and inhibits movement of skeletal muscles. The symptoms of nightshade poisoning include dilated pupils, sensitivity to light, an increased heart rate, headache, and eventually hallucinations and delirium. Making it even more scary, the symptoms often last for several days before a coma and convulsions set in. This hellish journey then comes to an end in the form of death. Most domestic pets are also highly susceptible to the nightshade's deadly effects, but interestingly, some birds and other wildlife can seemingly ingest the berries with no issues. Even rabbits and cows can ingest the plant and live to tell about it. Long ago, deadly nightshade was said to be the property of the devil, meaning that anyone who eats the berries is punished for eating his fruit. In art and poetry, nightshade is often used to represent danger or feelings of betrayal. Deadly nightshade was also said to be one of the key ingredients, along with hemlock and wolfsbane, in witches' flying ointment. This magic potion supposedly allowed witches to fly on their brooms. Theories like this have only added to the occult mystery associated with the poisonous plant. Interestingly, despite its poisonous properties, nightshade has been used for a variety of medicinal purposes. Medicines made from the plant have been used to ease abdominal issues and motion sickness. It can also be used by eye surgeons in a very refined state due to its ability to dilate the pupils. 
The stem also contains chemicals that have anti-inflammatory effects. If you're feeling a little tense, nightshade has also been used as a pain reliever and muscle relaxer. It can also be used to treat whooping cough and hay fever. I certainly wouldn't recommend self-administering nightshade to any degree, as I have a feeling it's an overdose waiting to happen. Throughout history, deadly nightshade has made some well-known appearances, mostly due to its poison being used as a weapon of sorts. In Rome, the Emperor Augustus, who defeated Mark Antony and Cleopatra, was rumored to have been poisoned by his wife Livia in 14 AD. This resulted in her son Tiberius, from a previous marriage, becoming the next emperor. Another Roman emperor supposedly killed by nightshade was the Emperor Claudius, who was said to be killed on the orders of his wife Agrippina the Younger. King Macbeth of Scotland, while still acting as one of the lieutenants of King Duncan I, used deadly nightshade during a truce in order to stop the troops of the invading Harold Harefoot, who was King of England. When it comes to popular culture, Deadly Nightshade has made a few famous appearances. Agatha Christie featured the perilous plant in a number of her works, including The Caribbean Mystery and The Big Four. The Marvel superhero universe has a character who named herself Deadly Nightshade. Born Tilda Johnson into a world of poverty, she discovered at an early age that the fastest and most lucrative way out of her dead-end life was learning and committing crimes. She went on to master both and accumulated a wealth of knowledge in genetics, cybernetics, and physics. When she began her criminal career, she rebranded herself as Deadly Nightshade. Among her notable encounters are a failed attempt to brainwash and befriend the Hulk, and successfully turning Captain America into a werewolf. Nightshade is also a rather large part of one of my favorite holiday films, The Nightmare Before Christmas. In the film, the imprisoned Sally uses the toxic herb to incapacitate her captor and creator, Dr. Finkelstein, several times in order to escape his lab and go out into the town. The plant is picked by Sally in the cemetery after she listens to Jack's lament. Imagery-wise, the gray jar labeled Deadly Nightshade, which is one of Sally's ingredients jars seen in the film, has become very popular, with replicas being sold at places like Hot Topic and being marketed as storage or cookie jars. Even though Deadly Nightshade may be an intriguing plant to look at and learn about, and despite its common appearances in pop culture, I don't think I'd recommend decorating with it. It seems a bit too hazardous, and you certainly wouldn't want pets or small children getting into it. The incorporations into holidays and daily life are probably best left for the big screen. Unless, of course, you have an enemy to get rid of. interesting holiday-related stories you'd like me to share in an episode this season, feel free to send them to me. Email Kristen at HolidaysAfterDark.com, direct message at Holidays Podcast on Instagram or Twitter, or find Holidays After Dark on Facebook. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss your dose of holiday darkness. A rate or review would also be greatly appreciated. Thank you to my sister Ashley for editing and producing the podcast. Today I will leave you with the perfect song for the theme of today, Amaryllis, by one of my favorite bands of all time, Shinedown. 
Make sure you give it a listen when you're done here. It's really worth a listen. So do I remind you of someone you never met, a lonely silhouette? And do I remind you of somewhere you want to be, so far out of reach? I wish you'd open up for me, because I want to know you, Amaryllis. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. In today's challenging world, it's very easy to start feeling depressed, stressed, anxious, or overwhelmed. If you're experiencing any of these feelings, BetterHelp is here for you. They offer licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. You can talk to your therapist in a private, online environment at your convenience. There is a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 20,000-plus therapist network that gives you access to help that may not be available in your area. You just fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you're matched with a therapist in as little as 48 hours. You can also request a new therapist at no additional charge at any time. Join the 3 million-plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash Holidays After Dark. That's BetterHelp.com slash Holidays After Dark. <laughs> 